Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 3, Chapter 98, Mr. Cipher. After being visited by a mysterious figure who arrives in Rivervale, the gang finds themselves with unexpected ultimatums. I don't understand the point of this episode. Well, it's to kill Reggie and to show which characters the devil was interested in. Okay. So there's that. Yeah, it's just, just yeah, to show that. But, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> this one was bad. This one was a stinker. And it wasn't a stinker in the way of some of these episodes where I can be like, wow, they just really kind of did all that, didn't they? No, it was just very much one of the more boring episodes of this show I've had to watch. No, but when I think about it, it's okay. I'm like, we have to analyze this because clearly they were trying something and it's not working out, but they were trying. <laughs> I feel like it confirms information about the core three and Tabitha Tate that we knew, but now is confirmed to themselves. Confirms what though? Well, Veronica is just a shrewd businesswoman and is always going to put herself above everything else. But she's not all bad. No. Because she is going to put herself over uh, a relationship. She's going to put herself first in business. But at the moment where she could have just completely walked away and sold Alice down the river, she chose not to. She's not Hiram Lodge. There is good in her. Yes. It's not all bad. And that's what Alice said. So I think that was that confirmed that to Veronica because she's probably gotten to a place where she does think, well, I just keep screwing everything up and I'm just all bad and everything's just not working out unless I'm, if I don't do shady shit, I'm not going to get what I want, which is fair. So I think, I think there's a little bit of that with Jughead for him, it's confirmation that if I personally, if I don't have my writing, I don't know who I am. Yeah. And none of the stuff that I was chasing is worth that. And when he realized the mistake he made, he's like, you can take my soul because I don't have anything else if I don't have my writing. Which, considering the journey we've been on with Jughead, even though it hasn't been the most elegant or well done, makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, that's his sense of identity. Sure. But he's he has lost that. To him, it had all been about the fame and the struggle and being the tortured artist. and. You know, and then it was about booze. And now it's like, oh, no, that's who I actually am when you take away all that other bullshit. But again, why are you telling me in the way you're telling me? That's what I can't get past with this show. OK, so well, then we, we need to talk about Betty, too. Betty, it confirms to Betty that she's a killer. Well, yeah, because she keeps talking like she is like she's this big. She's, you know, she's like, of course, I've got murder or DNA. But I'm better than that. And in this world, it's just, oh, no, I'm no better than anybody else. I thought I was, but I'm not. I'm 100% capable of this. And in this world, TBK is Glenn, which is totally meant to throw us off. The thought does occur to me, because an explosion happened to both Archie and Betty, Mm -hmm. part of this is what's going on in Betty's head. It totally could be. Still. Still, I've got no clue what the hell they're doing. So there's another theory that I saw on the internet today that I don't hate. And that is, we've all talked about how Riverdale is just Jughead's book. 
but that this, this is Jughead's manuscript that Jessica took, which he wrote when he was in an acid-induced or mushroom-induced state. Okay. Which she may have taken and twisted enough to make it her own so that Yes, it's of course it's got characters from his life. It's got happenings of things that really happened or things that he assumed would happen. But it also explains why Betty and Archie the way they are. It explains why Reggie and Veronica are the way they are. It explains why Tabitha throughout this whole thing is an angel, essentially. It also explains it feeling like a vomit draft where you have no clue where things are going. And... If that's what they're doing, uh-huh. and we reveal that in the end, uh-huh. I will need to go watch it again. Absolutely. If, however, <laughs> that is not, and they just say, wasn't that a fun event? Now let's go back to Riverdale. I'm going to punch my television. Sure. Sure. <laughs> if that's true, that bears credence to the fact that that manuscript is, I totally predicted that she was going to take that and try and sell it. Well, and, and it, try to make it her own. Like she was taking that for herself. Well, of course. It, but it also, in that way, mm-hmm. he's revealing the deeper truth and nuance of what's going on with mm-hmm. these people. Sure. And it does make a lot more sense because there's a lot less to do with Betty and Archie's sort of coma induced whatever. The Reggie Veronica is the only trip up here. I don't think it's a trip up. I just think of look at how vapid they appear because Jughead doesn't care. But they weren't a thing when Jughead's writing that manuscript. I guess to me, that's I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying if there's something that's causing that narrative Mm -hmm. to not fully connect, it's 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 those two because it doesn't tie in timeline wise to the rest of what's going on here. I think it's very reasonable for Jughead to know that that's what Veronica and Reggie are planning to open. I don't think that's a leap. He writes the manuscript on acid well before they ever settle on Oh, that's true. That's what I'm missing. But at the same time, if it's Jessica, she's got a template and then she's adding in her own shit. I don't know. It. I like it. I really sure. like it. Sure. Again, this is the sloppiness of the writers. They went, ooh, we could do this cool idea. It was like, yeah, but the Reggie Veronica thing's an open loop. You didn't close that one out, guys. (laughs) You didn't think that one through. Well, if Jessica, I mean, they can explain it. If Jessica's the one, if it is Jessica, she would have read in some paper that this is what's happening in Riverdale. Riverdale's new power couple. Yeah. Aren't they exhausting? Sure. (laughs) Love that line. And so is this show. (laughs) And so is this show. So exhausting. Damn it. If they if they pull that off, then fine. I just need that and I need Kevin to be the TBK. That's what I need. But if they don't, eh. I'm I'm gonna be praying for them to end after season six. <laughs> yep. All right. So we start this episode with Jughead as our narrator looking through his bookcase and the lights flicker and he t- tells us a little bit about the devil's holiday. Um, and the devil visits a small town or to collect lost souls and sow the seeds of destruction and despair. So he's talking like, well, how I imagine it, this town is called Rivervale and the devil that visits can take any number of guises. Okay. Well, I wish because they had you said that the devil looked different to each person. Oh, absolutely. It, it's such a missed opportunity. I mean, 
he does to Betty, but nobody else. Yeah. That that to me was a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's, it's lazy. It's fucking lazy. <laughs> Something to point out here. Jughead's costumes keep kind of going back in time. A little bit. Something I noticed. A little note. The glasses, the sweater. It's like, you're, you were in a suit earlier. You were in a suit. Modern suit. And we know what's coming with the 100 because Arias can't not spoil his own shit. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> We're going to see all of them in the retro comic book costumes, which we adore. We're regressing through time. Absolutely. It's the Jughead paradox. That's what the episode five is. Uh, and we know that we're going to have the return of Ethel and Dilton Doily. So like, which is cool. I just wish he, didn't, he hadn't treated those characters like such shit. But I, I agree. His costume is getting a little. It's like every episode he's going backwards a little bit. It's very interesting. I like it. It's, it's subtle, but it's good. But the costuming has been fabulous for the last couple of seasons. So I'm proud of them. Mm-hmm. So we go to Pops and there's a gentleman there who's unable to pay. And Pop just says, don't worry about it. You can pay me next time, Jim. And uh, the gentleman is just really appreciative. And Tabitha comes up to her and is like, Pop, you have the biggest heart I know. And he's like, well, I don't know about that. And then we get the lights flickering and crackling and then uh pop looks outside and sees a gentleman and then his the gentleman's face flashes to a different face and then grandpa pops appears to have a heart attack he's got the biggest heart i know yeah <laughs> it's hard it's heart attack pops had a heart attack in real life i guarantee it he'll be fine but i bet he had a heart attack well he had gotten sick at one point mm-hmm. so we go to Pembroke or wherever Veronica and Reggie are living at this point. And we're hearing a ticking clock. And Veronica wakes up to Reggie on the bed looking very concerned. And she's like, are you nervous about the casino opening? He's like, yeah, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> she's just reassuring. And then Reggie says, I love you. I love you too, Veronica. Uh, yeah, it's just barf. Well, it's not barf to me because... I know what it's setting up. He's he's waking up. We're hearing the ticking clock because there's a deadline on Veronica's soul. That's what he feels <laughs> guilty about. So he's throwing out some I love yous to be like, it's all good. Well, he's also incredibly distant and weird. And it's just like, I'm so t- I'm, I'm real nervous. I'm real fucking nervous yeah. about what's going on here. Like everything is off about Reggie. Oh, yeah. And again, God, he's doing such a good job. Charles Mountain is a treasure. We go over to Betty and she looks like she's getting ready to go for a run. She gets a call from Glenn. After the lights flicker. After the lights flicker, yes. And they've caught the TBK, but they have to bring him to Riverdale because he will only talk to Betty. And uh, Glenn asks, are you up for this? And Betty's like, yeah, I'm in. Because of course She's such a bad FBI agent. Doesn't even think about asking questions, getting nope. details. I'm in. <laughs> even in fake world she's just bad at it so we go back to veronica and reggie and they're talking about they've got a meeting with the gaming control board and veronica's like okay that means you've got to talk to our staff but then we see alice on the tv talking about this new casino aptly named babylonium Calling it nothing short of abomination, and that if it's opened, the town will be damned and doomed. Everything about biblical references they make in this episode 
is the dumbest shit ever. It's so stupid. It's so badly done. <laughs> it's so, like, I expect this in Sabrina. I don't expect this here. And Sabrina, it made sense because we're we're so winking and nodding the whole time. And yes, they're tying it to Sabrina anyway, so I, whatever. But what? like, yeah, it's just absurd. <laughs> so we cut to the Cooper house where Veronica has come to talk to Alice and explain how they're doing everything legit. And this is intercut with Reggie talking to the staff, talking about all the ways in which they're scamming. <laughs> uh, you know the the tilted roulette wheels the magnetized slot machines and so it's it's a nice back and forth but ultimately veronica is inviting alice to come check it out to see how good of a business it is and that they're not quite the house of the devil that she's imagining okay Wh- whatever <laughs> going going into the laundry list of problems with all of this plot setup is mm-hmm. just not even worth it <laughs> So we cut over to the hospital and Pop Tate is in a hospital bed and Tabitha's there and Mr. Cypher shows up and he's there for Pop Soul. And Tabitha's like, my grandfather would never sell his soul. The devil's like, yeah, you're right. He wouldn't. It's his father who did it to make Pop successful. And uh, Terrence, who's Pop Tate, he offered his soul instead. So I'm here to collect. And that leads Tabitha to be like, what do you want? And you can have my soul instead. And Devil's like, no, I don't want your soul. I want the diner. And Tabitha's like, that's it. And the devil's like, just think it over. Don't take too long. Your grandfather's heart is liable to give out at any moment, which is interesting. He says you can also call him Lou. Yeah, that's where they drop the first hint. But I do like that they explain it later. But they have Veronica flat out call out the ridiculousness. It's so eye-rolling. It is very eye-rolling. But if you don't hear it together, you aren't going to catch it. Most likely. God, I almost wish there was a scene where they were reading Joke's manuscript and looking at him like, really? Lou Cypher? (laughs) Oh, that would be such a good catch-up scene later. It would be funny. So Tabitha is horrified by this. And we get... Riverville. Ah! Uh, we cut on over to the Jabatha apartment, and Jack is like, "Hey, how's it going?" Uh, and she just kind of lets him know what's going on. And Jack is like, "What does the devil want with the chocolate shop?" I have no idea. Mind if I ask him? Maybe some other questions. By all means. Okay. <laughs> At no point does anybody question if this man is actually the devil. Betty does. Well, yeah, but everybody else here, it's just like at no point. Okay. Sure. The devil showed up. Can I interview him? Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is just a fact. Like, Sure. No big deal. Again, now I have to sit here and be like, I hate all of this. And yet at some point I'm banking on the fact that perhaps it was done that way on purpose. I don't know, but I do, <sighs> I I do like that the Rivervale sign has a picture of the devil man and it says it's a hell of a town. We go over to the casino and we see Reggie and Kevin doing their thing. Uh, Kevin is getting ready to perform and uh, reminding everyone this isn't our official opening, but we still need to be on point. And they go off and Devil shows up. And then we have Alice come in and she's like, this is all a facade. Uh, like she's just, she's there. She's there to sniff out evil. I love that Veronica goes, 
you look divine. Cute. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Also, probably a clue as to some of the other bullshit that's going to go on later. Sure. I don't sure. know. But the devil sees Reggie and Reggie runs away. <laughs> and so then the devil finds Kevin. And Kevin's all sad and he makes him an offer. He's like, hey, I, you should be on Broadway or Vegas. And Kevin's just like, yeah, that chance. I don't even have an agent. And so the devil offers Kevin a little taste of what his life would be like. So Kevin performs It's Not Unusual. This is not a song he can sing. There's so many bad lip syncs on this show. Yeah. This is the worst one. Mm. Oh, this is the worst one. His singing of it is fine. It's not great, but it's fine. This is the wrong song for Casey Cott's voice because he sings too nasal for this song to be enjoyable. His performance is fine. I don't really care about the lip sync. I know it's not great. I just don't care because I don't think because the song is annoying. Well, to me, it was so bad that it was it, it it almost got to the point during some of those parts where it's like, do you just like fucking give up on this show? I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't either, but still, like there was a lot of it got to that point for me watching it. They should have picked a better song. And <sighs> I mean, I do love that he's still in that stupid blue suit because at this point it's a joke. <laughs> but the rest of the scene, fantastic. Everyone is all of a sudden engrossed. He starts singing and everyone stops what they're doing. They stop gambling. They stop drinking and they are fixated on Kevin. And Kevin, like as his performance goes on, gets a little more in tune. Like he's a little more like, oh, I'm jazzed off of this. But as soon as he ends, Fangs comes up and saying, you know, he confirmed your schedule and we're going to be finishing your engagement here at the Babylonium. And then you're off to New York for your six week run of The Boy From Oz opposite Hugh Jackman. And Kevin's like, I'm sorry, Fangs. What are you talking about? Very funny, Kev. I'm Finn, your manager and your boyfriend. Typically, I tell you your schedule. And then we go have amazing sex in the Babylonian champagne suite. Remember? And Kevin's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Adore played so perfectly. Perfection. Love it. Thank you, Drew Ray Tanner. I love it. More, more of that, please. That energy. Finn might be the funniest fucking thing oh. I've seen in a long time. Because if anyone show. looks like a Finn, it is not Fangs. <laughs> no. So Kevin is in. He goes up to the devil and devil's like, okay, well, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Yep, yep. This is what my life would be like. I'm in. I got it. So that's another one that we didn't talk about is that Kevin is so in love with Fangs, which we know. Well, yeah. But... Like, it's almost like confirmation because it's not so much the performance, it's the fangs of it all. <sighs> Kevin's not TBK. This <sighs> kind of rules it out. No, it's not. This is not a real universe. So the devil opens his notebook and crosses Kay Keller off his list. He also has B. Cooper, R. Mantle, T. Tate, and J. Jones mm -hmm. in his little book. Those are the people he's coming for, which is interesting because doesn't say v lodge nope nope and not archie oh god archie's coming back archie's going to rise from the grave i'm calling it now archie's coming back by accident though it'll be an accident that archie was risen from the dead because <laughs> he's jesus <laughs> exactly he's the new red-headed jesus <laughs> archie's gonna be jesus in all of this wow that's just sad 
watch me get proven right. <laughs> so Veronica is told about a guy winning too much at blackjack and she goes to shut him down and she finds out it's the devil and he's there because of Reggie. And it's during this conversation that he says, I'm Lewis Cipher. And Veronica's like, oh, Lucifer, cute. <laughs> and the devil's like, okay, but I'll be back on Saturday. Cool, I guess. Yeah. So Veronica goes to confront Reggie. Reggie confronts that guy, the devil, <laughs> which is no shit, dumbass. That guy, he's the devil. <laughs> and he blatantly lies to Veronica and says, oh, I had to trade my soul so we can get the investors for the casino. And he's going to come to collect on Saturday night at midnight. But you've got to help me. If anyone can out with the devil, Ronnie, it's you. <sighs> at this point, I'm losing my mind because I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> exactly. It's like, really? Really? Ugh. This better be Jughead's terrible chapter in his otherwise weird book. I don't know. So we go to the FBI office and TBK is sitting there talking to Betty. And I'm very curious about the actor who they're using to stand in for TBK. Because I think it's changed a couple times, which is fine. Um, it's a good way to keep us guessing and not knowing. They did that with the Black Hood, I think partly because they hadn't com just completely decided who the Black Hood was. So like the eye color kept changing. <laughs> so I, that's fine. I don't care. So I'm just curious if it is Kevin, do they ever have Casey Cott do it? Because that would have been fun. It's not Kevin. <sighs> I want it to be Kevin because I think that's the coolest thing. And he's just there in her face. He's got he's got his mask on still. Betty's just like, my boss wants a confession from you. He wants you to admit all the atrocious things in here. What do you want, Betty? I was like, I don't give a damn about a confession. I know you did these things. I just want to know, does absolute evil exist? And are you it? And he kind of like pushes it and it's like, ask your real question, Betty, and then I'll confess my sins. But he's like, yeah, I don't have to play these games with you. And no one cares that you're here. So you can sit in your filth for all I care. So she like gets up to leave and he says, yes, that absolute evil exists. And there's a part of you. That is 100% evil. You're caked in it. And that's what draws us to each other. And so that's when Betty goes and freaks out. Uh, she goes and does a panic shower. And then she calls Glenn. She's like, oh, you got to get this guy out of Rivervale. And Glenn's like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? And Betty's like, are you, what, what? Is there some other serial killer that's supposed to be here? Um, Betty, the trash bag killer is not in custody. Are you okay? Do I need to come back and check on you? I'll call you back, Glenn. <laughs> Why are you so bad at this? Like, Glenn is really bad at his job, clearly. But not as bad as Betty. I don't know. She hasn't been doing this as long as he has. So she has, I'm brand new excuse. He doesn't. We go back to the hospital. At this point, Pop has woken up and he sees Tabitha and he's like, did you see him? Yes, but I'm, I'm making a new deal with him. Your soul in exchange for the diner. And Pop Tate says the thing that really is is true for the entire series that she cannot sell the diner because it's so much more than bricks and plaster over the years it's become a refuge for the lost and persecuted that's why the devil wants it pops is the soul of rivervale which he wants to destroy and that's why you cannot let him have it that's so true oh fuck this <laughs> boo 
Boo! This is a comic book world. There's gonna be some cheese. The, okay, here's the thing. But these characters have earned the cheese. <sighs> no, they... <clears throat> Pops and Tabitha, they've earned this. Like, is it cheesy as fuck? Absolutely. They haven't earned this when it's not in a world that makes any goddamn sense. I have to judge with what I have in front of me. I understand. But this is the one where I was like, well, yeah, that's true. Pops is the center. It, it is the beacon of hope in Riverdale. I, I just, I can't get on board with it if you're not giving me a reason why any of this matters. Uh-huh. That's my problem. We can't resort to cliches and stuff when we're dealing with a universe where you haven't tied it through to something that makes me go, oh, this has stakes. Because right now, I don't care about any of this. No, I completely agree. We're all just waiting to learn what the twist is. Yeah. That's part of the problem with this event. Which is just... So we cut on over to Veronica and she calls Mr. Cypher and she says, I've got a counter proposal. There's an old friend of mine who I've invited to Babylonium tonight, and I suspect we'll find his soul much more deserving of damnation than Reggie's. <laughs> and the devil's like, all right, I'm intrigued. And we go over to the Riverdale choice, and he's sitting in that office, and the devil shows up. He's going to do an interview, but the devil has some parameters. I'll give you an interview, and I'll tell you everything you want to know. But if you publish it, you'll never be able to write again. Or, or. You can have this, but it's only for you. You've got to keep it to yourself. Basically, you got to sit on this secret. And Jughead says, okay, but only if I get to decide after the interview. And the devil said, okay, sure, fine. <laughs> uh, can, I just, can I just say that I hate the phrase creative juices so yeah. much? Yeah, I don't, I don't love it, but it's very common. And they lean into it in these past few episodes so hard, <laughs> like in a really icky way. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that's a clue that we're reading a vomit draft of Jugheads. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's why. Uh, we go over to the casino, and who is it but our favorite sleazeball, Nick Saint Clair? <laughs> Ronnie and Reggie are just like, and they're like, oh, yep, he's still here. Let's get him liquored up first. This is how you do a late era guest star appearance. Sure. I'm pretty proud of them for this one. I mean, they we did knew, a good job. We knew it was coming, but this is a great one because it's juicy and makes it makes total sense. Like, like yeah, let's lo- use this guy. This is a great use of a tertiary character. And true awful awful person absolutely and i mean this is one of the things that it rewards the viewer that have been watching this long love that stuff makes me happy that's why the darla dickinson thing really just made me go all right they're using somebody that we know i'm okay with this and also you know she just has more kids cool i just can't get over la yorona i'm sorry the accent's amazing i love it we go back to the Riverdale Choice office and the devil is finished with his story and Jughead's like, option one, I need to publish this interview. And the devil said, and receive all the fame and glory that will come from it. Fabulous. His mind is blown. Yes, it's just blown. So we go back to the casino and Nick is still disgusting. Apparently he's a senator, <laughs> which that's on par, man. 
<laughs> that's that's on par. Being so young, rep would probably be better, but senator has more weight to an audience. So we're like, okay, that makes sense. He could be a state senator. Uh, yeah, but basically he's been having an affairs and there's so many NDAs that <laughs> the staff and interns have had to sign. And like he's just really trying to yuck it up with uh Veronica, but ultimately she asks him, Would you sell your soul to the devil for me? And he goes, Yeah, whatever it takes. Just, oh, is that enough? And the devil comes out and is like, Yeah, in this instance, that'll do. So he takes Nick St. Clair's soul. Flames. Flames. Yay! Uh, but we find out that it was not Reggie's soul that was promised. It was Veronica. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're still on for tomorrow, right? <laughs> oh, boy. I like this twist. This was fun. That was fun. This is where this story got fun. <laughs> yes, because it's just like, this is absurd. You know what it is? The setup for this joke was not entertaining, but the punchline landed pretty good. Yes. So we go back to Jughead, and he is typing away on his computer, and he's just got his finger on the button, and he decides publish <laughs> the publish or perish. perish so he hits pu- he hits publish and then his computer starts ding 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 i love the fact that number one it is a school newspaper so why is he publishing an interview with the devil <laughs> but barring that which is just ridiculous did you catch the volume number it is volume 1666 Oh, nice. Issue number two. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, this show. Uh, we go to the FBI office and Betty just asks him, okay, you're, who are you? Because you're sure as hell not TBK. I'm the devil. Okay, well, if evil exists and you're the devil, is hell a real place? I oh, guess. Okay. So can you tell me, is my dad there? He is. Well, if I asked you to prove it to me, you could do that. So TBK goes limp. And then he starts speaking with Hal's voice. And Lachlan Monroe did come back. He did do the voice, Mm -hmm. which I love. I love when we get little bits like that. Um, And he's just yelling, you know, Betty, what's happening? Why are you have to get me out of here, Betty? It hurts. It hurts so bad. (laughs) Somebody's like, Dad, I need you to focus. Where would you take me after my Little League games? You mean Chazzy Cheddar's on Route 18? Jesus, God. (laughs) Chazzy Cheddar's? Chazzy Cheddar's. I.e. Chuck E. Cheeses. <gasps> wow. Wow. I think that's the worst one because it's not even clever or funny. It's just don't get sued. <laughs> I don't know. Lou Cipher's not great. No, but it's better. It's an actual pun. It is. Wow. Anyway, Betty has worry. Worry in her That's eyes. what I put in my notes. Worry. So we go back to the casino and Veronica confronts Reggie again. The second the door hits, he can hear her walking goes, oh, crap. Oh, crap. (laughs) Which is great. This is amazing. And so Reggie sold her down the river sticks, which I like that reference after we had Jughead say it after Tony became La Llorona. So that's good. I like that little string. Uh, and she finds out that Reggie slipped in the contract into those weekly invoices and she gave uh, her the devil's pen to sign with. And she rightfully launches shit at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
tells them to get out of sight. So then the lights flicker and the devil's there. And it's like, so Miss Lodge, I might be open to a renegotiation, a soul in exchange of yours, but not another Mick St. Clair. No, no. And he goes, what about that holy roller that's trying to shut you down? Get me her signature using my pen and I'll release your soul. Otherwise, you and I have a date at midnight. His little dance when he comes back in. Mm-hmm. So, hey, hey, about this whole Reggie problem. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that the, the devil, especially in Rivervale, is just like, some of y'all are pulling some bullshit on each other, so I am willing to renegotiate terms. Sure. Because, <laughs> oh, you you did not deserve this. Mm. Let's try again. So we go back to Jughead, and his phone is just ringing off the hook. It's someone with the Associated Press. They want to pick up his interview. And then his old agent, Sam, is calling, being like, I should have never dropped you as a client. Please let me be your agent again. Um, but before you answer, I'll be in touch with the Pulitzer people. Um, but now I got to ask, what are you writing next? And so like Jughead's getting like a little frantic. And we head on over to Pops and Mr. Hubbard shows back up to talk to Tabitha. He says, hey, I don't have any money, but I was thinking that I could wash some dishes for a bowl of soup. And Tabitha says, you don't have to wash dishes. I'll bring you some soup. Uh, and so he's very appreciative. And then this gentleman who's sitting at the booth is just like, that was very kind. Tabitha says, that's just what we do here at Pops. And he's like, no, but like, even in the direst of circumstances, you show compassion and kindness. And that's a virtue to be rewarded. And Tabitha's like, do I know you? Uh, what? <laughs> and so this guy is just like, I'm an admirer of your grandfather and all his good deeds. I'm one of the good guys. And then like when he says that, we hear that like harp angelly music. He looks up. And a chorus of angels does a little. Uh, it's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. My name is Raphael and my boss likes what you and your family are doing here. And he wants to make sure you're prepared for the battle that's coming. One in which your diner will play an important role. I wanted you to have this. And he hands her this little glass vial. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Okay. That also has a little bit of a heavenly chorus behind it. Sure. So we're like, Okay. <laughs> At this point, they've started to finally go off the rails and I can at least get on board. But like yeah. the setup was such a drag on this episode. I'm not concerned about that one. We go back to the casino office and Alice shows up so Veronica can try to trick her. And she offers her a percentage of the profits of the casino to donate to the town at Alice's discretion. And Alice is like, okay, yeah, this sounds great. Great for me. And so Veronica hands her the pen so she can sign this automatic deposit slip. And as Alice is about to sign, she goes, see, Veronica, I knew you weren't all bad. And that makes Veronica go, no, stop it. You know, you're a pain in the ass, but you don't deserve to burn in hell. I've changed my mind. And this pisses Alice off. She goes, oh, you thought I was a thorn in your side before? Well, get ready for what's coming next. <laughs> so cool. Alice is going to be on the side of good. Psh, pretend good. Well, it's a battle for good and evil. Yeah. So then we go back to Jughead and he's trying to type. And he's like, it was a dark and stormy night. And so he's typing and everything that comes up is just gibberish. And he goes, who knew the devil would be so literal? <laughs> uh, love it. Very, very cute. It's very fun. We go back to the FBI office and Betty's there. Are you back for more, Betty? If you're the <laughs> devil and you've come to me, it's because you want something from me. So what is it? Your loyalty. There's war brewing, Betty. 
and the one between good and evil. Pledge your allegiance to me and I'll release your father from endless suffering. Why do you need me? Because it was foretold. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored breast full of blasphemy. And that woman was Babylon the Great, mother of all destruction and abomination. You're that woman. That is just like, really? I'm the whore of Babylon from the book of Revelation? (laughs) (sighs) It's just, I, whoo, Lord. (laughs) So then we find, she's just like, I just don't care about my dad. Like, fuck him. Duh. And he goes, okay, but what about Polly? It's like, wait, Polly doesn't deserve to be there. Doesn't she, though? So then we hear Polly's voice, which is, it's the actress, Tara Scobie. can never remember her last name. And she's yelling, Betty, make it stop. It it hurts my skin. My skin, it's coming off. Everything hurts so much. And that makes Betty get up and panic. And then she hears TBK just laughing, 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 laughing. So Betty grabs a scissor and stabs TBK to death, which, okay, cool. So then she cuts off his mask. And before she takes it off, she goes, let me guess. The face of the devil is mine, right? <laughs> Which, great, great. Uh, sure. This is when I clued into, okay, if we're in characters' heads, this is just as much Betty's sure. concoction as it is Archie's. And so she sees Glenn. Uh-oh. Yeah. Not good. And so then the devil shows up. And he goes, yes, it's Glenn. And when I called him using her voice saying I needed him, well... He couldn't come any faster. He must have really cared about you. Uh-oh. Interesting. So then we go back to the casino office and Veronica has had an idea. The guys were there to collect their weekly scam. Reggie is so terrified. He's like, do you want me to handle it? And she goes, no, let them in. I want to thank them personally. And Reggie's like, for what? For giving me a hope in hell. Oh, and tell Kevin to take the night off. I'll be delivering our 11 o'clock number, my swan song. Ending right at the stroke of midnight, (laughs) of course. So we go back to the Riverdale Choice office and Jughead tells the devil, take it back. I'm nothing if not a writer. I need to be able to write again. And the devil's like, yeah, but you know, that'll cost you. My soul, right? Take it, take it. I'm nothing if I'm not a writer. Yeah. So then Veronica performs a really shitty song, Marry the Night. There's just... (sighs) I thought this was good. No. It's not. I don't. I don't like it. Go over to Pops while this is happening and the devil shows up. He says, oh, I was pleased to hear you accepted my offer, Tabitha. Uh, It's nice to see you on the men, Terrence. And so Tabitha's like, I just want to make sure this is ironclad. And that after we sign, my grandfather's soul is free and clear forever. And they're like, yep, cross my heart and hope to die. (laughs) So they sign it. The bulldozers are coming in the morning. If this is the pops last night, then I want a milkshake to remember it. And the devil says, delightful. Make enough for three. Okay. So Veronica continues to sing and dance. Finn is very into it. Yep. And then we go back to pops and the devil drinks this milkshake. And he's like, oh, no, something's a little off. And Tab goes, oh, yeah, that would be the secret ingredient I added. And she holds this little vial. She goes, tears that the Virgin Mary shed at the crucifixion. And then the devil starts vomiting blood. Uh, I think that was black bile. Whatever. It's his innards are coming out. <laughs> like, where did you get that? My guardian angel. And since we have consumed the tears as well, we are now protected by their holy properties. And so they kick the devil out of pops. And then she takes some of the liquid and rubs it on the door frame. 
of Pops. She goes, from here on, Pops is consecrated, protected from you and any other force of evil. Now, why don't you get the hell out of our town? Why don't you get the hell out of our town? Hell yeah, Pop. I love it. I love Pops. (laughs) See, he can do that. I love it. It's great. Terrence fucking Tate. Jughead starts writing again. Cool. He writes, Jughead Jones is damned for all eternity. eternity. Do you think Veronica sang that one song for an hour? Did he think it took her that long to finish? I think think she did. (laughs) I think she did. That's what I believe. We see Betty rocking in a chair by the fire and she gets a call like uh this is foster from agent scott's office have you heard from glenn recently his wife reported him missing and no one can get a hold of him okay so in rivervale glenn is married Uh uh-huh oh okay betty just says no i haven't heard from him but i'll give you a call if i do i hope he's okay the way she gave that line delivery so catatonic and (laughs) freaking out Hope he's okay. <laughs> and then the camera pans down below under the house is Glenn's dead body, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So good. Let me just stare at her covered in dirt and blood. Yeah. Creepy. So we go to the casino office again and it's Reggie there and Veronica walks in and he's like, you're still here, but it's after midnight. What happened? She goes, well, after I finished my number, two wild applause, I might add, I went to the cash room to meet Mr. Cypher and we broke her a better deal. And Reggie's like, that's amazing for what? And I was like, oh, the devil will be joining our scam. Instead of cash, I'll be his expediter. I'll be supplying him with one lost soul from our floor each week for the rest of my natural life. Reggie's like, you're a genius. You did it. You beat the devil. Did you expect anything less? And so we were here this loud pounding. It's like, oh, Reggie, you should get that. It's for you. Who is it? You know who it is. His weekly skim begins tonight, or actually Sunday morning, but you shouldn't have double-crossed me, Reggie. And uh, she says, uh, go get the door. Be a man about it, or he'll drag you out kicking and screaming like a little bitch. (laughs) The door opens and Reggie screams, and so now Reggie's dead. And flames. (laughs) Love it. That use of little bitch was really fucking good. Exactly. That was a fun, like, a little exclamation point. <laughs> I loved this. I loved it. I loved and it. And I hope it's a sign that Veronica is about to get cutthroat. I do. I, I mean, go all in. I do like the nuance of her being cutthroat, not because she's Hiram, but yeah. because that's what it takes to survive. Sure. I like that twist on it. And so then we get Jughead walking into her office as she makes a drink, which I just love. I love that. For people like Veronica Lodge, this is their lot in life, living bet to bet, skim to skim, scam to scam, always chasing that next best deal. And so what if it costs a few hundred or a thousand souls along the way? Because if Rivervale really is going to be the final battleground between good and evil, is anybody's soul safe? Rivervale. Ah! And that is where we see the Rivervale sign with the devil in a hell of a town, which is very, very <laughs> fun. I thought that was very cute and cheeky. I'm here for it. Okay. I've I've tempered down my animosity. Your hate for this. This episode just started off sloppy. Sure. But once they actually got the gears moving, then it was enjoyable. Yeah. It's just like the whole setup and premise of it. Like, it's it's beyond bare bones into none of this makes fucking sense territory. And not in a fun way. 
in a in a I don't care way. Yeah, none of none of this really does. Like we're really having to do work to connect dots in a good way, which we shouldn't have to do. Well, it's true. There's a way to do that though, and still make it entertaining. Like there there are ways to just say, fuck it, we're going buck wild and we'll we'll get you back to the plot of this later. But right now we just want you to enjoy the ride of it. Yeah. That's totally a valid thing, but it feels like they're trying to straddle both at the same time. Uh-huh. And it's just like that's not how that works. You have to do again the WandaVision version where you start off in whatever super dedicated style you're in and then slowly peel back the onion until it all becomes clear what you're trying to do. Yeah. And instead they did this weird mishmash that just it leaves us sitting here going, well, great. So we just have to wait for you to reveal whatever twist is here so that we can finally get on with our lives with this show. <laughs> Never. Never. And guess what? There's another episode next week. Next week. All right. Let's go check it out. All right, well, we're finally getting the Riverdale-Sabrina crossover. Yeah. Yay, but it's going to be a lot of Cheryl bullshit. I'm going to guess they're trying to save Nana Rose and, like, there's body possession. I know we're going to travel through time and there's going to be a lot of Choni involved in this, which barf. So, yeah, I'm just not excited at all. Choni is one of the storylines because Cheryl and Kevin is another storyline. Oh, okay. Like, Choni was clearly the period piece. Kevin shows up in the sort of 1930s-ish noir version. I just, I don't care. I don't really. Like, unless it's going to make some fucking sense, especially bringing Sabrina in. Sure. But, um... (gasps) This is so rough, because until they actually get to the point, it feels like we're just wasting our time for five episodes. Uh Uh-huh. That's the biggest problem with this. And it's frustrating because, like, even when the show hasn't been good, mm-hmm. there's still been plenty of, like, well, there's a lot going on, so at least there's that to talk about. But with this, we have no clue, and you've already made it very clear that this ties into the main plot, so what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah. I I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I just, I don't care really where i'm at i just don't care like i just uh, just present it to me like but you know get the fuck off of instagram because you're ruining your show oh that's the spoiler shit i mean and i've been saying that for years but like you're not drumming up hype you're just being like well anything that you were trying to do that could be suspenseful or surprising is gone well and like i don't see that stuff i don't catch those spoilers but even then, it's not like your twists are massive enough yeah. to keep us coming back for more. Sure. They just constantly undercut the amount of hype they try to somehow find. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, until next time, hashtag all, all hail, hail the, the Maple, maple Maiden.
for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.